Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer, like entire team instruction and fitness programs, you know, the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete. Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge, positive attitude, work ethic, and fun that their summer camps provide, your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more. Welcome in to the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast. We're going to talk about everything from, uh, you know, athletic builds to ball skills. And, and on we go, down the line from there, right? Fill in all the blanks in between, yes. Jeffrey Simmons, a guy that I really like. But he's just a marvelous interior penetrator. Special, special, special kid. What an abundance of choice you have with these interior defensive linemen in this class. Kyler Murray, as long as he gets to draft day healthy, he will make more money. He's been asked the question. He's had multiple opportunities to say, I signed with the A's. I'm going to honor my commitment there. This isn't even a conversation. He hasn't done it. That's all he has to say. And maybe after the Bama game, it's like, geez, he's not just a first rounder. He's a top 10 pick. Frankly, I would take him ahead of Herbert right now. And I think it'd be a toss-up with Pascal, 100%. And now, here's your hosts, Andre Simone and AJ Hayfully. Welcome into the BSM Broncos Draft Podcast, presented by Elixinol. If Jake Plummer has endorsed Elixinol's hemp balm and provides him and his family with the endless benefits of CBD, then you should too. It's a non-THC product, and 5% of your purchase goes to a non-profit of your choice. Visit elixinall.com to get yours today. We're oh. here with our with our weekly Friday edition of the BSM Broncos Draft Podcast. That's right. Two That's weeks exactly after the draft. Right. I am I am AJ Hayfley. He's oh. Andre Simone, yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess it has been two weeks. Yikes. Time flies. I, I know, Ooh. right? It's, wow. It's funny because you remember on the day of, we were like, wow, I can't believe that's over. Like, yeah, that happened really fast and really slow at the same time, yeah. and and then it was done, and then you know we did all the wrap up, and before you knew it, it was time for us to run down and give grades and talk about the league, and now it's like uh, we're running downhill the next year. Yeah, yeah, I know. I uh, already see a lot of twenty twenty draft takes on my on my timeline, and I'm yeah. still. I like and, to take some time to digest the, the previous draft. I think it's silly how a draft's in the books and we just move on. Yeah. 
I think the better thing is after sifting through all these rankings and all this tape, seeing what the NFL thought of these guys and going back to see how we differed, why they would have thought, you know, why we, they would have overvalued a certain player versus another and stuff like that. So, yeah. Did you watch the uh, the Indianapolis Colts' like draft series that they had on YouTube? Of course, it's amazing. Where and then it's they called the... with the next pick. If you guys want to check it out on yeah. YouTube, nice and short, so easy to digest. Well, the draft day episode is like twenty minutes long, and it right. goes through them moving back and them prioritizing the guys that they picked. Yeah, and you remember because and we talked about their draft class on last week's yeah. show. Yeah, and so I thought it was really interesting mm-hmm. watching it after we had broken down uh-huh. their class. Uh, talking about Ben Banigou and and um, Bobby Okereke, yeah, and like our views versus what the guys who picked them oh, thought about it, and like oh, it's high character, great athletes, right? And, they and, really value high character, yeah, and which it was, we've seen in Denver how much that matters. No, it's it's I mean, definitely yeah. not irrelevant that you don't get a bunch of low character fellows, yeah, definitely, and, and hope that you strike gold on all of them. Mm-hmm. So it was it was just interesting. I thought it yep. was. And if anybody hasn't seen it, I would definitely recommend it. It's a really int- I, I saw the episode. I saw the the 20 minute on the actual draft day. Right. And I didn't know this these existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just went back after I watched it and was like, "Well, I'm just going to watch all of them now." Yeah. Cuz it was like episode 5 or whatever. Right, so right, I went and I watched the first one and they're all they're like 5 minutes long. It was very quick. <clears throat> right. And the I mean the final one's really the most insightful. For sure, but it was, I mean, it was the, cool. The first few, they can't tell you what players right. they're talking about. It has right. to be all hush hush. So right. it's like, well, and like when they're oh, doing the okay. interviews and they have the cameras like right. focused, and then right. you only see the Colts employees. Yeah. You don't see yeah, yeah, the yeah. player that's in the room, but you hear the questions that they're asking, <clears throat> and they just like have the camera angle, so it's like eighty percent of the screen is like looking at the TV or the wall or whatever. And right, it's like yeah. this is so awkward. <laughs> yeah. I would love something like that for every team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know in the NHL, they actually, uh, the Vancouver Canucks have been the team over the last few years. Uh-huh. They take a, they put a little, uh, a little camera on their draft table because, you know, in the NHL, every team has a draft table in the center yeah. of the rink. Right. And, and all of the teams are, their decision makers are there in uh-huh. place. Yeah. They're not like in a war room in their own city like right, in the right, NFL. Right. Totally. Um, and so you can see, like, they're, they they put a little camera there, and it catches all the phone calls that come in, like teams looking to trade, the guys that come by and walk by the table and want to talk business or just want to just talk, you right. know, just, just do some nonsense. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, they caught Brian Burke uh, and the general manager of the Ottawa Senators at the time having a conversation about who they were going to take. Because Ottawa wanted to move up and take uh-huh. a certain guy. And uh, Toronto said, oh, well, that's our guy. They were like, no, we're taking Nazem Kadri. That's our guy. Uh, so wow. we're not going to move down with you because that's the guy that you want to move up and take is the guy that we're going to take. So right. bye. And then they yeah. just turned around and walked away. And it was just like, it was so just such like a casual conversation where they were like, so what are you thinking at seven? And he was like, oh, we're taking Kadri. And the guy was like, Oh, and he's like, yeah, he's our guy. And they just, all right, bye. That's amazing. It's, and, and like how the business gets done, it's, yeah. it's, it's funny because it's both fascinating to us, right. but also very bland when you yeah. actually see yeah, it play totally. out. Right. Because you're just like, oh, this is just like a, this is exactly the kind of conversation I thought. It's not anything like yeah. 
mind blowing. Right. Where they're having like super high level conversations <laughs> right. about right. stuff. They're just like, I want to take this guy. I want to move up. Are you interested? No. Okay. On to the next team. Yeah, I mean, in the end, it really is just humans scouting other humans and making decisions. Like, it's not rocket science, you know? Yeah, it's funny. And even the great part of the Colts video is when Chris Ballard, who worked with, you know, uh, the Chiefs for the longest time, when John Dorsey, now the Browns GM, is there. And Dorsey calls him when the pick is up, and he just answers the phone, says, I'm busy right now, and hangs yeah, up says, on him. He says, I'm working here. <laughs> right. Because they were in the middle right. of uh, trying to trying to work their trade back with Washington. Right, right. And so they were, like, talking about the picks, and they were breaking it down, and John Dorsey calls, and he's, I'm working here right now. And he right. just hangs, he just hangs up, up on him. <laughs> beautiful. Really beautiful. Was, I love that he explained it. He was like, oh, yeah, John likes to call and mess with me. <laughs> right, and I know if he's calling on the pick, like right. it's not serious. Right. It's just messing with me. Yeah, it's it was good stuff. It was yeah. definitely recommend that to anybody that has not caught that. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you're listeners of our show, you definitely would enjoy that. So, Dre, we're six minutes in, and we haven't talked about anything yet. So, hey, that's okay. This is this is the time of year though, where yeah. that happens. That's right. For the first time all all year since last August, we we get to spin our wheels. We should talk about cereal and water and whatever else they talk about on on the whatever, whatever show. yeah what Zach and RK get into yeah yeah uh, there is some cereal and water talk <laughs> for sure and uh, TV shows apparently apparently neither one of uh, apparently Zach grew up sheltered well and Ryan hasn't exactly watched much either kids yeah we would kill them with our knowledge of television yeah right because you and I grew up like. Like normal, well-adjusted children That's that right. grew up to be sports junkies. Yep, and uh, we're raised by the television, you know. Oh yeah, in, right. In part. I mean, um, no credit goes to my parents. No, no, definitely not. Since um, my mom only listens to the hockey shows that I do, uh, I don't have to worry about her calling me angrily afterwards after I say that. Good call. My parents stopped listening to my podcast years ago. So. <laughs> My mom always tells me, she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but it's just nice to hear your voice and that you're doing okay. And I'm like, what a mom thing to say. That's it's so, so very sweet. Nice. That's so very nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. Well, we actually do have uh, football-related topics to talk about today. Amazingly so, enough, we still have some stuff to unpack with the draft. Yes. Absolutely. So we're going to get into that right now. We're going to look at some, we're going we're gonna to Nostradamus this a, a little bit. Look into the crystal ball and try and predict the future because that's what everybody in sports does. Yeah. And we're going to start with Rookie of the Year awards because, of course, we are. We're the draft guys. That's what we talk about. Yeah. What else are we going to do? That's really the big question. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Denver. Yeah. We're going to get into, uh, let's just do this. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Not a lot of options this year. A much smaller draft class. Yeah. So yeah, the guys that they, that they drafted, you know, Noah Fant, Dalton Risner, Drew Locke, Drew Locke and Jawan Winfrey. Boy, if Winfrey was the guy, that would be quite the upset. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was Phil Lindsay last year, ahead of Royce Freeman, who they drafted in the third yeah. round. Right. I guess we could include some of the Great scouting free nerds. agents, which we'll get into later. Yeah. I think it has to be Risner. You think so? 
for for just the Broncos. We're just talking Broncos right now. Yeah, of course. Right. He's not going. Well, Rosier's not going to be offensive player of the year or their offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. <laughs> league wide. No, no. Yeah, that'd be pretty crazy. Um, that would not bode well for Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins or Josh Jacobs or Marquise Brown or, or any. Eddie I mean, Brown. anybody. Of, that any would of be them. Kyler Murray goes first overall and. And a guard wins <laughs> offensive rookie Even of like the year. Jonah Williams. Like, <laughs> things would have gone terribly wrong for everyone else. You'd have to wonder, like, what would the path be for that to happen? Like, he would have to have turned into, like, this, like, oh, weird, like, third tight end red zone weapon in order to get counting stats. Right, right. Like, also be a dominant, <laughs> like, an all-pro guard who right. also made some splash, like, right. touchdown plays. Or, like, plays two-way and picks up, like, five sacks. That'd be insane. Oh my gosh, please make Although this you happen. You couldn't give him the Offensive Rookie of the Year for his defensive contributions. <laughs> no, so. you couldn't. He would have to turn into a red zone this weapon. This the Heisman, after all. <laughs> yeah, that'd be wild. Um, I Yeah, what I just think it has to be Risner. Obviously, Sam will get way. real competition. I mean, I, well, I think like, it's safe to say that. No, I'm like, what if, what if he did and like he leads the rookies in sacks? Again, that'd be a pretty poor showing from Ed Oliver and Quinton Williams and Josh Allen and all just, those guys. I'm just saying. I'm just wondering. That, that would I mean, be, it'd, it'd be incredible. It'd be, I mean, it would be fun, right? He does have a few, like, Mitch Unrine vibes, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, I mean, obviously a, a much greater upgrade than, than Mitch. A little, little who, better uh, at what he does than old Mitch was. Yeah, than old Mitch. And, and no disrespect. None at all. Yeah, uh, concrete Charlie who plays both ways. Uh, yeah. We're all for it, but um, yeah, I think. And this isn't any hate on Fant. I just think Fant. <coughs> I think Fant will be more of a big play decoy type guy. I don't think the production will be quite enough mm-hmm. to get that to be the top rookie on the roster. Well, and it's you know it's basically the two guys. What we're talking about is a Risner who's going to play. Right. You know, who's, who's being slotted in as a yeah. starter from day one and is going to play immediately. Yeah. Um, on the left side, apparently. We were talking about him playing on the right, and not that it matters. It's yeah, I guess on the left side. That's sure. It's fine. like. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I wrote a piece a long, long time ago that to get the most. To get our money's worth out of Ronald Leary should be playing right guard. So, hey, fine by me. It's about time. Yeah. Two years late, but hey, it's happened. Hey, he did start his career in Denver as the right guard, but then, you know, got injured, then got moved back to left guard, and then got injured again. So, yeah. Yeah. So, not not a ton of (laughs) options here, but I think think Risner is the obvious choice as well, assuming that we get the expected redshirt season out of through lock. Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, I, it would be lock or fant. Uh huh. Lock would be a lock. Nice. Um, yeah. Nice. Really. Lock would really make, dug deep on that one. Would buddy. make me fant. Oh, um, God. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're at. Okay. That's so true. Um, and boy, if we thought there was limited choice with the offensive rookies of the year, yeah, defensive. Now, Hollins Justin versus Draymond Hollins. Jones is an interesting conversation. Well, Draymond Jones should get into the rotation yeah. based on positional need pretty quickly. Yes. And Hollins is going to have to prove that he belongs on the field. He's going to have to do a little bit of work. 
Yeah, though Hollins might have the edge because he might be more of a regular if he is to be utilized more as an inside backer. If that's their plan for him, then he I would say he has a big advantage over right. Jones for the reasons I just stated. Yeah. The guy that's going to be on the field yeah, is totally. obviously the one where you're like, well, he's going to have way more opportunity. Right, because there's some, there's some fan with both of them where it's like, well, they might just be yeah. used in more of a specialty role. In some packages, and, uh-huh. you know. But there is a chance that Hollins might carve out more of a regular spot for himself, and that yeah. uh, that make this interesting. So, you know, I'm just too much of a Draymond Jones fan. Okay. I think in this front, even if just playing 30 snaps a game for the first half of the <laughs> season, and maybe that gets bumped up, uh, you know, 30, sna- 30 snaps thinking more like 30% of the snaps. Yeah, and that gets bumped up to like fifty, sixty percent by the second half of the season. I still think we could be looking at six to eight sacks from this kid. Okay, so you're saying six to eight sacks is realistic for Draymond Jones? Yeah, I mean, I have high hopes that he can dominate one on one matchups. That would be oh man, that would be a lot of sacks for. It'd be phenomenal production. A third down guy, a guy yeah. that busts, oh, yeah. a guy that starts as a third down guy. Oh, I know. And then, I mean, you're, you're all, of course, not only that, but you're also competing with a couple of pretty good guys for sacks as well. That is an interesting case, yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, he'll have no extra attention dedicated to him. Yeah. All the attention it's will be outside true. and to they're, the they're other guys. They're going to see Von Miller and Bradley Chubb on right. They're going to be like, oh, no, not Draymond Jones. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. So I say Draymond, though. I think you could make a real case for Justin Rollins. And I tell you, I mean, if, if that becomes even an interesting conversation. Because Holland's pick looks amazing. Because both guys play well, yeah. then that'd be great. Yeah, that means the draft is going to get that bump, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Any of the uh, undrafted free agents you think you're going to push? I mean, obviously, Phil Lindsay was the man last year, so I have to ask. Yeah, I think, I mean, the top undrafted free agent is Rippin, of course, um, who I'm very <laughs> high on. I, uh,. I went back to look at my rankings and realized I had him ranked just slightly above Daniel Jones. Um, because, yeah, I just think he has better arm talent and uh, really intriguing upside. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm almost done with this film room on him and the other like top nine undrafted free agents mm-hmm. that I think are intriguing in Broncos land. So check that out. If you're a subscriber, subscribe if you aren't. And check that out. Um and, yeah, so he's the top guy, and with Flacco and Locke kind of, you know, clo- boxing him out uh, on, the, sure. on the depth chart, it's going to be hard for him. I really like Malik Reed from Nevada as an edge rusher. Uh, get some Jeff Holland vibes. He was ranked in my top 200 and the top 150. Very productive. Played some off-linebacker as well, so he's intriguing. And they've got three guys who could really contribute in the return game who um, I'd love to talk a little more in depth about later on. But So long, long story short, no. I think with Rippon being kind of closed out, I don't think we'll see any undrafted free agents really rise up and put their names in that conversation this year. Okay. So it's the drafted guys only going to be the stars of, a, again, what was a really small draft class. What ended yeah. up being a small yeah, draft class. Totally. Yeah, I mean, 
and Dakota Watson's like an honorary add-on to that group. So, right. Um, I'm I'm really know. curious to see what Juwan Winfrey does. Like they really Me too. they took a big swing with mm-hmm. him and moved up to get him and everything. Yep. Like there was a there's a there was a pretty decent amount of faith put in into that kid as a sixth 100%. round pick. Yeah, who wasn't on anybody who's draft radar really. No, I mean I. I pride myself, and you know, we do this year round. I pride myself in following the local guys and trying to be on top of that. Yeah, I. Well, I mean, watched you were, see you live. You were all over Austin Eckler two years ago. So. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we were both big on Phil Lindsay, and mm-hmm. I know, mean, that was an obvious one yeah, too. It really was, uh, and you know, Cheeto and Akello yeah. and all those guys. But sure. Winfrey was a. Uh, Winfrey was a surprise just because, mm-hmm. you know, there was lots of hype at CU and lots of <laughs> expectations, but he never quite took mm-hmm. off. And I'll never forget you telling me that that's what they did. I mean, just not believing you. Yeah, should we give the inside baseball story of how you you dosed for a second? Yeah, where I was, the third well, day? We, were like, we were like 60 picks away from Denver picking. <laughs> right, and, and so I'm I just watching like, film on Hollins and right, writing my and film. You're working on your film room, and I'm literally just waiting, and so I took a nap on the couch. And then you woke me up, and you were like, hey, they traded up for Juwan Winfrey, and I, I kind of laughed, and I went back to sleep. <laughs> he said, ha that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, you can rest a little yeah, longer. Well, then I, I caught up a little bit later. I woke up, like, I don't know, like 30 picks later. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Denver's coming up on the board here at 212 here pretty soon. And you were like, no, dude, they traded that pick to Carolina <laughs> for Juwan Winfrey. And you were like, they really did that? And I asked you, that was real? I think you didn't even remember that. I was pretty impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, very brief covers. Like, a very, yeah. like, that's how unexpected that was. And I just didn't believe you. Right, and it's not like... We weren't familiar with you on Winfrey. We <laughs> right. just, it was just uh, like, yeah, they didn't expect oh. that at all. Yeah, we were familiar with him, and that's why we had the reaction that we <laughs> right. did. So, right. I'm yeah. I'm really serious. I mean, at this point though, he's he's drafted. He's it's a position in need. It's a position that they need to upgrade, and yeah. it's a position where jobs are going to be available. Yeah, so he'll I'm, be legit competition to the Sean Hamilton, Tim Patrick, and Oliver Craycraft. Yeah. Definitely excited to see what he brings to the table. Me too. Um, just please stay healthy. Oh, I know. I Just know. stay healthy and don't don't let that be a determining factor in the race. Yeah. You know, let it be talent. Truly. Truly. Yeah. All right, Dre, let's take our first break. Take our first break here. We're going to come back on the other side here, segment number two, and do the same thing. We're going to look at some rookie of the year potential around the AFC West, around the league. Most figure out, units. Figure out which units we like the most after the draft uh, that, that we did not like before. Mm-hmm. And then um, get to those undrafted free agents at some point. So, still got a lot here to talk about two weeks after the the draft has already been completed. So, don't go anywhere. This is the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast presented by Lixnall. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? Ryan Konigsberg here, and I got to tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver 
seemingly every year from Westward and anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials, and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap. You name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. And welcome back in. Second over two here, the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast, presented by Lixenol. I'm AJ, he's Andre, we are us, and we are here talking about Rookies of the Year. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. The AFC West. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Who do you like as your favorites coming in? Let's start with offensive, because I think there's a very clear-cut leader in the clubhouse, and it has to be Josh Jacobs. Just because they're going to turn him into a 20-touch guy and and all the other teams draft defense or a tight end? Pretty much. I mean, (laughs) his his other two main competitors would be Noah Fant Mm -hmm. and McCauley Hardman. Yeah. I think it's McCauley. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. It might be McCall. Ugh. Such a terrible pick. Bad name. Like, what are you doing, Chiefs? Yeah. Um, True. And Hardman so much depends on what what's going to happen with this Tyreek Hill right. situation. I mean, he may not even see the field, really. I mean, they drafted him. They use a second-round pick. It's insurance. And, yeah. Right. You know? We all know insurance. Right. You use. Sometimes, you, a lot of times, you pay into it for nothing. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes you pay it because you know something bad is about to happen. <laughs> true. Um, and, you know, so if, I don't know, maybe Fan is better competition than we're giving him credit for. Yeah. Because, I mean, realistically, Risner doesn't factor in. To... Not, not in a real it's, one like right, that. Like, right. Linemen never do. I mean, at this point, Drew Locke might have a real shot, kind of, if uh, Flacco gets injured early on, yeah. he could be our Lamar Jackson. He could be definitely a, a dark horse in that race where, yeah. hey, Flacco goes down in like week six or something, then right. you're not playing Kevin Hunt. <laughs> right, you know? totally. Um, I guess Darwin Thompson, the small, diminutive Utah State running back that the Chiefs drafted super late. He's going to be like their DeAnthony Thomas, so kind of dark horse. Very productive either. Yeah. I I I think it's Josh Jacobs running away. It has to be. Like, if you are... He's going to get all the counting stats. He's going to get way more opportunity than anybody else. And really, I think Noah Fant is like the only realistic competition that he'll have. Yeah, no, I I think you're spot on, so... There you go, Josh Jacobs. And, so and, I, and I think like that's if, a little hanging fruit. If Noah Fan ends up with like forty catches, like five hundred yards or something, like I'd be thrilled with that. Well, I mean, if he has a season like that, he's definitely going to contend for the AFC West Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah. In parentheses, we know that's not a thing, but we're right. going to have fun on this podcast. Um, we're, we get to make up our own awards. We, we sure do. Uh, the thing is. If those are the stats, like 40 receptions, 500 yardish, yeah, and like five touchdowns, the touchdowns will be the determining yeah. factor. Because if it's five, nah, it's Jacobs. Probably. If we're more in that eight-ish range, yeah. Ah! If you start, if you start to get into like, oh, hey, this guy's like a fantasy weapon, right, <laughs> right. 
Yeah. You know, like a guy that you can plug into a fantasy lineup and be like, oh, hey, he's going to give me points. Right, like in a 16-team league, he yeah. could like, legitimately be uh, rosterable. Um, that'd be amazing. I will not accept any besmirchment like that any longer, AJ. Um, okay, defensive is where it gets more interesting. It's Jerry Tillery. The opportunity is and there. He's going to play a ton. He's going to be on a defense that's going to be focused on everybody around him. It's the Draymond Jones argument. Exactly. Yes. He's going to have every opportunity to just flat out dominate. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this he's still a little, a little raw. It's you know, we're, Jerry Tillery or is Jonathan Abram. No love for Cleveland. No. I mean, it's not anti-love. Yeah. No, it's no hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anti-love. Right. There's no hate. It's just... I, I, I say think, forget hate. We are saying anti-love from here on. I'm I'm down. Yeah. I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. We're taking a step. I, I think Abram is the kind of, like, just heat-seeking missile that's going to show up on highlight reels, and I don't think Farrell's counting stats are going to be great. Like, he's right. going to be, like, a six-sack guy. Yeah. I, I and he'll, he'll set, like, a nice edge, and he'll do all that, whereas... Jonathan Abram is a maniac coming downhill, and he could have ten forced fumbles. You know, the guy's gonna sure. The guy's gonna separate. He's gonna have a bunch of passes broken up because he just hits dudes into next week, and they can't hold on to the ball because they've lost use of their limbs. Yeah, like basically a linebacker disguised as yeah. a safety. Yeah, he's a he's such a maniac, dude. Yeah. That he's going to be all over the place. Interesting. And I'm and I interesting. Dark horse there, I think, would probably be another Raider and Trayvon Mullen. That's another guy that's gonna get on the field a lot and I was gonna say Max Crosby. With uh I mean he could be. Yeah. Because pass rush, they it's something they need. Right. And again, gonna get on the field and has an opportunity to put up big stats. I think Mullen will be a guy that they try that teams target early on right. as they, they stay away from Conley. Right. So it could be a little Marcus Petersy where yeah, where he's gonna have a lot of opportunity to make right. plays on the ball. Mullen giveth and Mullen taketh away. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have four picks, but you also allowed like ten touchdowns. Right, you know, like right. But um, they don't in a defensive line or a defensive stat line. Right, they don't put touchdowns allowed. You know, they just they put ints and then yards yards right. returned and number of ints for touchdown. <laughs> If there was such a thing as BSN Oakland, you would find those stats, but sadly, there is not. Yeah, I mean, Sa- sadly for them. I sucks mean, for Oakland. Right, it sucks for Oakland. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm most things do. I, hey, I hear you, brother. Um, okay, so I think we're in agreement. Tillery and Jacobs. Yeah, Tillery and Jacobs are the front runners, uh, but at least defensively, a lot more competition. Yeah, definitely. Like, definitely. Jacobs' biggest competition is Pant, I think. And then. Yeah. After after With that, Hardman like, kind of right there. I mean, even if Hardman gets on the field, like he's gonna be like weapon number five for them. Well, I mean, you don't have Hunt. You might not have Hill. Kelsey could be injured. Sammy Watkins could be injured. I mean, if we're kind of injuries, like well, oh, I mean, yeah, but, sure. But those guys are often, especially Watkins, often <laughs> injured. I mean, like legitimately, he could be their second best yeah. target by week seven. <laughs> well, I guess I'm just we'll, we'll find out how good Pat Mahomes is real quick. If yeah, that's the no case. doubt. Uh, you can throw with your left hand. Can you throw and then catch your own passes? That's mm, going to be right. the next step. You got to throw with the right yeah. and catch with the left. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little Patty Mahomes regression this season. 
Oh, you mean he's not just going to play at an MVP level forever and get away with absolutely everything that he tried? Yeah, I think uh, sooner or later those no-look passes and the across-the-body and the left-handed throws are right. going to catch like, up to Like you. the stuff that you teach quarterbacks not to do for <laughs> a reason. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The reason you, you chew them out in practice. Right. Or, yeah. Um, okay, so now most improved units. Most improved units. Um, offense and defense in the AFC West. Offense, I don't. Is there one? I think offense, it could genuinely be the Broncos O-line. Um, because, you know. Well, the Risner is going to have the trickle-down effect that we always talk about where. 100%. You know, the, just upgrading, up, upgrading, upgrading one <laughs> spot makes everything better. Right. You know, it, right. it, it improves your run game, your it pass really game, does. everything. Yeah. Your consistency, your your ability to play together, your familiarity yeah. with one another. I mean, it'll help that Juwan James and Mike Munchak were also added. Yeah, like, absolutely. That won't hurt. But, yeah, I think genuinely. And we're trying to focus on upgrades made through the draft. Right. But I think, yeah, it'd be the Broncos passing game, which, eh, fan Winfrey, I... Even Locke, and even Risner in pass protection, yeah. I don't think it does enough for that to take the next step. I think the O-line could really be the most improved. You'd be competing against like the Raiders' it run game. It could be passing game, though, if Winfrey turns into anything. Yeah. Like yeah, the combination right. of just Winfrey and Fant alone. And and then Risner's contributions, I guess, as a pass blocker as well. Mm-hmm. You could definitely make that argument for, yep. for Denver's passing game just from its draft class. Right, and I mean, as we assessed in the offensive rookie of the year, I, I think the Chiefs, there's not an upgrade made there on offense no. anywhere. No. Raiders, eh, kind of. The, run, the other argument would be the Raiders' run game. Which, meh. Which, I, mean, I don't was think it, Jacobs makes that much of a difference. Well, was it was it god-awful last year? It wasn't great. Right. I, I thought it was just, it was just a it was fine. I mean, they mostly decided to pass it, like, on the short game, like, 40 times a game. Yeah. You know, so they weren't even giving the <clears throat> run game much of a chance. And Jacobs, though, his no maybe on those best, tires, though. Right, his maybe best asset, though, is as a receiver. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that entire offense is schemed up this year. And really, the Chargers ignored offense. That was one of my main criticisms. Uh, I don't think I don't think Trey Pipkins is enough of an upgrade to their O line. To he's not even gonna play. Yeah, I mean he shouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I mean, for their sake, yeah, he definitely should not be on the field. Because I tell you what, Russell Okun goes down, and your slot named Trey Pipkins. I like my chances of yeah. Trey Pipkins going yeah. against Vaughn or yeah, I was gonna say Bradley Chubb. Chub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, okay, so I think it's clearly the Broncos' O-line. You think clearly? Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm I, think I think that passing game could be more of a... I would go with the passing game. Yeah, that could be more of a... And I think defensively... It should, it should certainly be more dynamic. If it's not more dynamic so. after you use a first-round pick on a tight okay. end and a second-round pick on a guy who was probably a better pass protector than run blocker today... That's an interesting, yeah. 
Especially inside. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's a pretty good run blocker, too. And I mean, yeah. no, I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah, saying. Yeah. Right. Like, I just think that when they move him inside to guard, I think that tackle experience is going to show up in a big way. I think yeah, he's going to be point. really good inside as a guard. Fair point. In pass protection. I think that's a really good point. Um, <clears throat> so I would take I would take Denver's passing game, honestly. Yeah. Defensively, I think. Defensively, we have a million options because that's where, I mean. The, all four pass rushing units. Got a nice little upgrade in this draft. They certainly got a talent infusion, and I and I think I mean you could go with Kansas City's defensive line just in general, because I think it was really bad. Yeah, I mean Chris. Yeah, they led the league in sacks. And crazy. like their run defense, I think oh, I I love run defense was huge. Love the Kalen Saunders. Yeah, and I think he's gonna help there. I think he's gonna be a guy that's able to, to chew up quite a bit of space for them. I think he's a little Draymond Jonesy against the run. And I I definitely don't. I definitely think he's a lot better against the run than Draymond Jones is. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, and we'll have to see how well coming from the FCS to. Yeah, I mean, obviously Western Illinois is not. Uh, yeah. Not quite yeah. the same caliber of talent. Right. But I think he's a guy that's gonna be able to hold up and and. And help that unit quite a bit. Of all their picks, he was my right. favorite. Oh, definitely, without a doubt. Okay. He was the one I thought fit their their scheme, their needs, yeah, everything. And I think he's going to be able to help in the run game quite a bit, man. I really did like that pick. Yeah, totally. But um, he fits so nicely. When they're going to be able to do a NASCAR fronts is really intriguing. Definitely. Yeah. And how do you not love what? Not maybe not love, but how do you not at least enjoy or appreciate? What Oakland did, it did for its defensive passing game, yeah. Not only not only yeah. with the the pass rush, mm-hmm. you know, which is right. which also has the trickle down effect here. Farrell and Crosby, big addition. Exactly, but you also you throw in Abram, you throw in Mullen, and I think that that's the unit that absolutely got the biggest boost. Is that passing on Oakland is going to be Oakland's passing a lot defense? That's a really good argument. Yeah, that's the one that I think. I mean, just in talent infusion alone, right? I think it's inarguable that they got the most help. Yeah, but I agree. In terms of in terms of increased effectiveness, I think it's going to be that unit. Yeah, uh, Abram Abram is going to be a guy that can can hang with the tight ends. Right, he can at least turn and run with them. Yeah. He can he can patrol the field. He's got a little of that Steve Atwater in a man where he's just going to lay the Yeah, that cam chancellor where yeah, it's like, absolutely. keep him in the box, let him just be a battering ram downhill. Exactly. Be a bit of an intimidator um, over the middle of the field. Exactly. And and then Mullen, obviously, I talked about, you know, you add yeah, Mullen to Conley. That's a good point. And then you have the pass rushers. I think that mm-hmm. whole unit together is just going to get a whole lot more effective. Yeah, and I guess in some sense you could make an argument for the Chargers' pass defense with Adderley and Tillery. Definitely. But they were already starting at, at a higher point. <laughs> yeah, they were already really, really, really good. Right. Uh, especially like their pass rush is already really especially good. Especially with a healthy Joe Bosa the entire season. And, and Derwin James is already really good. Yeah. Nasir Adderley is just going to unlock all of the craziness that right. Derwin James brings. Right, on top of Tillery. Um yeah, I think we're in agreement. And obviously, the Broncos a bit out of the conversation. Um, you could make an argument for the Broncos' pass Which rush. is fine. Like, yeah. And they focused on offense. This is what they needed yeah, to do. This they, is what we've said for years. Well, and, and where they filled in on defense were important spots. You know, with Draymond Jones and Hollins, where... 
They needed athletes there. They needed bodies there. They needed a little bit of talent. Yeah, yeah I mean, we've certainly been, a DT. Right. We've been banging the table on an interior yeah. penetrator on the D line. And what I, you know, and, and the decision that they made in our eyes was they went with a defensive tackle over a wide receiver, and with that third round pick. Yeah. That was, we were both looking. We were mm-hmm. saying, hey, take an Ohio State kid. Right. Either going to take Draymond or right. you're going to take Terry McLaurin. Right. Okay, so you went with Draymond, and that sets them up for a wide receiver in next year's draft, mm-hmm. which is the smart play, because yes. we'll get into this in the next week or two. Yes. The 2020 draft is loaded at star wide receiver power. Yeah, I'm like drooling thinking right. about these wide receivers. Like, it's it's an insane it's class. unbelievable. And we've had, we've had like a lot of down years at wide receiver. Just several in a row. It's been not since that Mike Evans, Watkins... With no with no preparation, who's your favorite wide receiver in the next year's class? Right now, today. Favorite? Yeah. I mean, the one that you like the most. The one that you're going to watch the most. Enjoy watching the most. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not my highest ranked. My favorite. Yeah, your the favorite. The one that gives me most enjoyment watching him on tape. Yeah. Not even close. LaVisca Chanel, your Colorado Buffaloes. Okay. Boom. That's but fair. Jerry Judy's way up. Jerry Judy's mine. Oh. I love, dude, I love Jerry Judy. Oh my God. He's going to be a, <laughs> such a beast. It's insane what that dude can do. It's it's so dumb that Alabama is going to roll out Jerry Judy into it next year and just be like, we're here, modern era. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. They have made such a quick switch, like, win that. You, with that with that combination from like oh, yeah. the ground and pound, yeah, yeah. absolutely, man, yeah. it's totally no, different. It's wild. Um, okay, well, there's the AFC West for you. Boom. Let's take our second break and do undrafted free agents and answer one quick question as we uh, we come back. Yeah. Trey, don't go anywhere. I need you to talk about UDFAs. This you is know. the BSM Broncos Draft Podcast presented by Alex, and we'll be right back. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Welcome in segment number three here, the BSN Broco's Draft Podcast. I'm AJ Please, Andre Simone. We are going to continue talking about Rookies of the Year. Oh, yeah. Draft classes that produce the gems. We've done Denver. We've done the AFC West. League picks. Just expanding our horizons. I know, right? Just just bigger and bigger and bigger. (laughs) That's right. The NFL as a whole. What do you want to start with? Defense or offense? 
We'll start with defense. Huh? Where all the edge rushers are going to compete with each other for big sack numbers. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting where maybe the best defensive player doesn't actually win it because his numbers aren't as good as a guy that just racks up a bunch of sacks. Well, and that's the thing, like... Quentin Williams won't win. Quentin Williams, my top-ranked guy, he's a D-tackle. He's competing with Leonard Williams in the middle. Yeah. He's not going to be as productive as his counterpart. Boy, those two collapsing the middle of the oh lines together. It's going to be a... I mean, it's really... It's, I might watch a Jets game this year I love, I love that the AFC East <laughs> went all in on the interior rushers. Right. They were like, okay, Tom Brady's <laughs> like, never leaving. Right. So... We're done with you, Brady. We're going to force him to leave yeah. by breaking him. Bring the inside pressure all day. They did the they did the Ivan Drago at the beginning <laughs> in Rocky Four. The I must break you. Um, I really think the early leaders in the clubhouse, as much as this was the draft was all about the D line. Yeah, it's the Devons. Oh, you think so? I think so. Between, I think with with White and Bush racking up like a hundred tackles. Yeah, a hundred tackles. The guys are gonna get like hundred and thirty tackles. Right, right. They're gonna be all. Over the place. Right, they'll be the... Especially if Tampa Bay finds an excuse to cut Gerald McCoy. Yeah, I mean, Gerald would only help them in one way. I mean, he's going to... Levante David is there too, so maybe Bush is really the favorite, which is what's crazy. <laughs> make, make Denver fans happy. I know, but I mean... Oh, just winning the Defensive Rookie of the Year, so oh, yeah. it's not anything. Yes. Five touchdown catches. No offense, <laughs> gonna have are gonna be special. Yeah, man. Might be eight. Um, I hope it's. I hope it's fifteen. Hell yeah! Like one per <laughs> game, dude. That easy. I mean, I guess Nick Bosa would be your other favorite. Nick Bosa's my favorite. He has to be. You wonder though how yeah. much with D Ford on the other side of him. I've got Nick Bosa. I think Nick Bosa's going to go crazy. That dude is as alpha male as alpha male gets. He's going to run that defense. He's going to reshape that defense in, in, in his image of himself, which is total boss. He's going to look in the uh, mirror mirror on the wall. <laughs> That's going to be Nick Bosa. Yeah, the, the mirror mirror on the wall. There ain't no flaws at all. No, I mean, I, if he stays healthy, it. big, big if, uh, I could definitely see the case for Bosa. Yeah, that I dude, could see the case gonna, for Josh Allen. I, I think, I think Nick Bosa's gonna threaten Javon Curse's rookie sack record. Yeah, I'm all in on. I love Nick Bosa. Wow, high praise. Yeah, I, I, dude, I think he's awesome. What about your boy at Oliver? I mean, I think he'll be really good, but I mean, again, you're you talking about PR inside was. guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's mean, gonna be a lot hard. Like, yeah. what's what's sexier? You know, fourteen sacks or nineteen tackles for loss? Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, again, I'd be kind of shocked if either was that good. But oh yeah, no, absolutely, like absolutely, absolutely. That's, yeah, and like Rashawn Gary is probably gonna be injured, like and the, not good. Watch out for Josh Allen, though. I think Josh Allen and that loaded Jaguars defense could. Yeah, my dark horse is Chase Winovich. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Because, again, like, the sexy stat, the mm -hmm. sacks. 
Well, and, and Trey he's Flowers gonna, isn't there. They'll need he's, him. Like, he's going to get all the opportunity in the world to wreak havoc, and I think he's yeah. really good. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And, I mean, Montez Sweat could be there, too. Oh, yeah. Opposite Ryan Kerrigan. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Um, it's the heart condition. I really don't think that's going to be anything. Same heart condition Martin Kaut had. I'm not it's worried about Star it. It's Star all over again. I mean, and it's it was less of an issue than Star Lutalele because Star Lutalele, they found the heart issue and they shut him down for the rest of the combine. Yeah. They found Montez Sweat's issue and they were like, eh, go work out. You're fine. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's no biggie. It's, it was the Martin Kout issue from, yeah. last, from the NHL draft last year. Yeah, totally. He had surgery. They got it fixed. And it's no big deal. The only time mm-hmm. we'll ever talk about it again was, oh, remember at the time at the combine right. when they found that heart issue? Right. Would it make him drop like three spots? If that he didn't even drop at all. Yeah. I mean, he got taken 16th. He might have gone a that little was higher like, than expected. That, yeah. that was like his ceiling. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Funny how that works out. Yeah, the Avs did not waste time on that dude. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So I say Devin Bush, you say Nick Rosa. Mm-hmm. With Chase Winovich as my dark horse. Yeah, I guess Josh Allen is my lame dark horse because I mean, it's not a bad dark. I mean, a top ten Allen. pick though isn't exactly yeah, like right. a dark horse. That's kind of stupid. Um, I, I your Winovich pick is much, much better than that. Much darker. Yeah, it's much darker. <laughs> um, it's a much darker breed of horse. Yeah, which is funny to say about the long-haired blonde Winovich. <laughs> right. Um, okay, offense is where it gets a little more interesting. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, right? Used a top 10 pick on him. You know, what's funny is when we first started this segment, I was I was thinking to myself, oh, I should say TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> just the troll agent. <laughs> now you're trolling yourself. You're just I mean, like... It's got to be, right? And on the Joe. Such a, such a premium position and such a great player and such a game-changing uh, selection. It's got to be TJ Hawkinson. What else could it possibly be? Oh, my gosh. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Um, I mean, I think if you weren't uh, so so sarcastic that the, the, the grin on your on your face is gonna give you issues, um, that you know you make a compelling case. But since that was a hundred percent sarcastic, uh, also I'd love. This is something I should have done before the show to know when the last time a tight end won. Rookie of the Year in the NFL. It's been a minute. Um, I mean, it starts with the quarterbacks here. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, like, Kyler has to be the guy that's out, out front, right? He's going to start from day one. I mean, Haskins would be the favorite. They're going to they're gonna give him all the weapons. You know, Haskins may not even start, man. Because Case Keenum's yeah. just so. And McCoy. Cole McCoy. Well, and, and it's not McCoy so much as it is Keenum, where... That's the kind of, like, veteran, like, safety blanket. The same reasons we saw Tyrod Taylor starting ahead of Baker for six weeks or whatever. Yeah, no, I hear you. And so I think that's just, that should give him just enough of a, a step behind everybody else that he probably isn't a realistic consideration. He'd have to come in and play, like, really, really well. Yeah. And, he's, and not your typical, like, oh, he was, like, an, he was an okay rookie. Right, right. It can't like be a Josh Rosen, like, right. it was all right. Yeah. Um... Well, the big advantage that Murray has is usually running quarterbacks are able to have greater success early in their career. 
takes a little longer to game plan for mm-hmm. him, figure him out. And sometimes they kind of fall off the face of the earth, you know. Well, and he's going to have so many weapons around him. Yeah. The young, inexperienced weapons for I mean, the most part. I mean, David Johnson. Yeah, and, and Fitzgerald. And Fitzgerald, I mean, and then... The thing is, Arizona, it's just a great experiment. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, like, buy into everything until you see what it does. Yeah. I mean, it's what... People who watch a ton of college football have been saying for years, like, oh, when will this happen? Yeah, when will somebody just go all in on this idea? And now we're doing it, and it's like, wow. It's exciting. It's so exciting. I'm also glad it's not happening here. (sighs) Because the the bust potential is really high, and... And it's not just the bus potential of one player. It's the bus potential of, like, the whole... The entire organization. Undertaking. If if this thing screws up, I mean, you spend the next two to three years at the bottom of the league again, and then you're undergoing a complete organizational overhaul. Yeah, that's true. And you're probably picking another quarterback at the top, and it's a different different head coach and a different GM that are going to be making that decision. It's if you don't get it right, man, you're stuck. Major, you're stuck doing it again. Yeah. No, you're right. I think um, Marquise Brown could be in that conversation. Marquise Brown is one of the two guys that I have. I feel like Marquise Brown, similar to Fant, is going to be a bit more of a decoy in that offense to start off with than he is the legit like primary weapon and is going to rack up a lot of stuff. Teams really going to respect him as just a decoy when he's totally unproven. I mean that that speed is real. Man. I just I mean it's real, but he also gets hit one time and he might snap in half. Well, I get you, but when you have that speed, who can both stretch your defense vertically and laterally, mm-hmm. and you need to worry about like Lamar Jackson as a runner and those two tight ends and Mark Ingram. That's fair. You know, like I think as a decoy, yeah, he'll play into that greater equation. Of the Ravens, okay. new age offense. That's another great experiment that's going on Definitely. in the NFL. That's really exciting. You know, a dark horse could be Miles Sanders. Running backs always yeah. do pretty well with the rookie of the year stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, especially guys that go into situations where they supplant somebody. Yeah, and I mean, he'll, he'll have a lot of opportunities even if Jordan Howard is there. Maybe just as dark horsey. Is Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell was the other guy on mine. I had uh, Brown and Campbell were my two guys. And don't sleep on your guy, AJ Brown. Oh, Titans? I I think he's gonna be solid, but I also I also really like Corey Davis, and so I think it's gonna I think it's still gonna run through yeah. him. Um, but I think AJ Brown is gonna be a guy that helps them in a, in so many ways. Yeah, and I think. Um... That's that's gonna be fun if if O lineman factored more into this. This would be a way different conversation. Garrett Bradbury would would probably be my leader in the clubhouse, or at least second to Kyle. I think. I mean, I think Jonah Williams would be there. <coughs> yeah, I totally. Think I think he's gonna point. he's gonna play Fair a point. huge role for the Bengals this year. Well, and he's. He, I mean, he's what they've needed for a while. So oh yeah. Well, remember they tried that. They tried this with yeah. that year when they drafted Fisher and. Uh, the other kid out of AM that I can't remember. Oh, Cedric Ogbui. Thank you. That's the one. This is why we're a team. Yeah, hey, true. <laughs> <laughs> they tried, I mean, because they tried. Like, they tried to address this and, and plan for post Andrew Whitworth. It just blew up in their face. Failed incredibly miserably. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think Jonah Williams, and I think Jonah, I believe in Jonah Williams. I think he's real deal good. Um, Juwan Taylor, if we were talking, if old linemen were factoring in. Mm-hmm. That's a guy that's going to go in there do work right away. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. We're going to lock down that right side opposite Cam Robinson, who, how did he end up as good as he did? We were a little, a little, a little down on it. Yeah, we were a little bit wrong on that one. Which might give you, I mean, I, I don't want to be rude when I say this to all our great listeners, but in fairness, we did have, I at least personally did have him ranked ahead of Garrett Wilson. I mean, what? <laughs> oh boy. Um, I thought like it was an easy call. Yeah, I suppose. I'm trying. Can we at least agree that there's a greater chance Noah Fant wins Rookie of the Year offensive mm-hmm. than there is T.J. Hawkinson? <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Good. Without a doubt, dude. Good. Um, I think. I think that's not even close. Yeah. Like, like T.J. So much of T.J. Hawkinson's value as a as a player is in his inline blocking ability, uh, which is which is definitely valuable, and it's going to help them. Uh, especially because they're trying to develop some sort of a new identity, and they're doing it in the trenches, and it's all about Matt Patricia, like a reflection of himself. T.J. Hawkinson very much is that. Um, but Noah Fan, I mean, Noah Fan is the dynamic downfield electric highlight reel kind of guy. So, Would you believe it, since 67, the Associated Press has never given the Offensive Rookie of the Year to a tight end? Yeah, I believe it because it's a super low impact position, especially in year one. It is, yeah, especially in year one. Like we talk about how hard it is for wide receivers to break in and make that impact. You know, you don't get very many wide receivers that come in and throw up twelve hundred yard seasons. It takes time. But the Cortland Sutton rookie year is way more normal for rookie wide receivers. Yep, good Um, point. If a tight end did that, but this is why really insane. Absolutely. but I mean, I mean, this is why this is why quarterbacks and running backs are the guys that win this award yep. and dominate yep. it. Yeah, Dre, we're running long. Let's get to undrafted free agents. Obviously, yeah. Brett Rippin is the top dog there. Do we need to talk much about him? Well, I mean, you got to understand, refined already. He's, all, he's by far the third best guy on their run. I mean, they already cut Grayson. Yeah, they got they got Brett Rippin, and they were like, later, dude. Right, and I mean. Grayson, former third round pick, like, right? You know, like uh, that was. I mean, the, that was a guy who at one point had some real upside. Yeah, and a guy that Sean New Orleans. I mean, it. New Orleans looked at him as a, a potential heir apparent. Hundred percent. And they got rid of him in a heartbeat because they got an undrafted free agent to Boise State. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And for me, like that's it's and very I mean, telling. He'll be over Kevin Hogan, I have no doubt. Uh, and he got a major contract for an undrafted free agent. He got. Uh, yeah. Hundred plus thousand. Right, you got a six-figure signing bonus. Which I mean, when we talk about undrafted free agents, we're talking about ten or fifteen thousand dollars. Right, right, right. And so, for a guy to get a hundred thousand dollars is noticeable. Like when we're talking like record money for an undrafted free agent, we're not kidding around here. His developmental upside is really intriguing. His arm talent is really intriguing. This was like this was a guy you and I looked at as a third or fourth round caliber of player. Oh yeah. If the Broncos don't trade up, say they stay. Say they get their D tackle in round two at fifty two. Yeah. And they just Or a wide receiver, whatever. Right. And they just stay at their spot in the third round and mm-hmm. instead of taking Draymond, they trade Brett Rippon. 
We're we like, wouldn't have said anything. We're like cool. It would have been like, like this pick. I'm excited by Brett Rip. It would have been like maybe a touch high, just because you're you've got roster needs, right? But whew. but I mean, come on, it would have been nitpicking. So for him to have gone undrafted, no, he's was intriguing. The, it was one of the bigger upsets mm-hmm. of the draft, mm-hmm. and that Denver nabbed him, I thought was a phenomenal get for them. Yeah, totally. And he's going to come in, and they're you know. He's going to get people excited. I was going to say, there are going to be Kyle Slover vibes yeah. all over again. Like, he's going to come in and do work, and people are going to, you know, he's going to go into a preseason game, and if he shows well, people are going to be like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Who is this I baller? Mean, already played under center some, already, like, at his best on play action bootlegs, which mm-hmm. we know is the bread and butter of this offense. Mm-hmm. Really nice. A arm perfect, deep. perfect systematic fit. For mm-hmm. for what they what they're trying to do, he can sling it deep. He's like ex- he's genuinely exciting right. to watch. Like this is this is a real quarterback prospect, yeah. not like a oh hey maybe we'll develop him, <laughs> right. maybe we'll get a backup arm right. out of him. Like right. I fully expect him to be backup caliber easily. Oh yeah, I think he has starter potential. With and this doubt. this is a guy that I think could have like a Chase Daniel esque career, where yeah. he gets real money to either be somebody's high caliber backup or. Will eventually get a starting opportunity. We're both right. that high on this yeah. this kid that I did mean, not get drafted. In three years, there's never such a thing as having too many quarterbacks. If he's as good as we think he is, mm-hmm. they could flip him for a third or second round. Oh, they I mean, pull a remember Cobb, Jimmy Garoppolo type thing, right? I mean, remember what Jacoby Brissett got because yeah, he played right. three games. Mm-hmm. All you have to do sometimes in the NFL is, is just be competent Dude, for a it's game crazy. or two. Yeah, at quarterback position, and somebody and, will be like. What's this? What's this? What's this? What? In a way, he's similar to Brissett. Like, like big arm, a little unpolished. As I'm far as sort of, you know, bad. Getting ahead of myself when I say I'm excited to see the second round pick that Jacksonville trades to Denver for him in three years. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> you might have nailed it. You might have nailed it. That might just be Brett Rippin's home. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I mean, it's, this is of of the undrafted free. I mean. Really high upside one. Yeah, yeah. This is it's the real deal. Incredible. Um, quarterbacks got really undervalued this year. Right. Why. Everybody was like, "Oh, the quarterbacks in this class are terrible." And then you get to the undrafted guys, and you're like, "Wow, that guy went undrafted." And yeah. so did that guy. And yeah, Terry okay. Jackson. I mean, Clayton Thorson gets gets drafted. Easton Stick too. Trace, Trace McSorley gets drafted. Of course, Trace McSorley won't play quarterback. Yeah, I mean. The gadget plays they're going to have with yeah. Sorley and Lamar Jackson in the same backfield are going to be fun. Um, I, it's weird to think that Baltimore would be the team to suddenly get creative like that because they've been so... So boring. Like, so stuck in the year 2000 with Jamal Lewis ground and pound. I mean, it's worked for them, but yeah. It's, it's just been their identity. And now all of a sudden they're like, eh, we're going to embrace fun and speed and athleticism. We're going to completely be different. Right, and we're going to try this new age yeah. of football now. Like, yeah. they get away from Ozzy Newsom and DaCosta's like, all right, we're going all in on this totally, <laughs> yeah, no whole kidding. new brand new philosophy. Bye. No kidding. And then Malik Reed, who I mentioned already, ultra productive, yeah. another Mountain West standout. Jeff Hollandish. Jeff Hollandish. And between him, Dakota Watson, Jeff Holland, I really think Hollins, Hollins. It's going to play inside a little more. So yeah. that's interesting. Um, I was disappointed by the two linebackers they picked up. Watching more tape on Kansas's Joel Deneen and CSU's Josh Watson, who had some Not a ju- fan of the mayor? Had some juice. Yeah, not a fan. 
Um, had some juice Watson did coming into the 2018 draft. Yeah. But then decided to stay in school and bad move. They just, they're just two down thumpers who sideline to sideline leave me wanting for a lot more. Yeah. But who I am intrigued by is this trio of potential kick or punt returners. Yeah. Kelvin McKnight, the good people at Sanford University, sent me his tape. Boy, what he did against Florida State was impressive last I, I, I like that they picked up multiple Sanford kids. Yeah, I know. They were like, Sanford is where it's at. It's the market inefficiency this <laughs> yeah. year to capitalize on. No kidding. And I think he's the fastest of the group. I think some of the other guys might be quicker, more agile. Uh, we're splitting hairs, but McKnight has some wheels. Yeah. Can separate deep. Exactly the kind of guy you get in this position, too. A small school guy that's a great athlete that's going to fly under the radar, and as soon as he gets, you know, as soon as you go undrafted, you've got to pounce on that guy. And we'll give him him kick return ability, we'll give him punt return opportunities, and then hope that he plays his way into something more. Yeah, A very intriguing talent. And he's lit up, I mean, he lit up Mississippi State two years prior to lighting up Florida State, you know, as a sophomore. Like, this guy, it's exactly what you want to see from a small school guy. Right. The big flashes in those opportunities. Um, To a lesser extent, because he's coming from Division II, but this Trinity Benson out of East Central Oklahoma is interesting. Love the name. Yeah, I mean, for starters, all-star name. Um, His stats aren't great at D2, East Central Oklahoma. Right. But he got, he's a guy who got, like, 30-plus carries last year. And 50 receptions, mm-hmm. produced a ton of yards after the catch, mm-hmm. a good runner, and is a guy who even as a gunner blocks some, blocks some punts, uh, return ability, maybe not that NFL breakaway speed, more of a low 4-5 than mm-hmm. a 4-4 like McKnight. But I like that special teams I mean, He can right play away. everywhere. And he actually got a slightly higher signing bonus than McKnight, which is interesting. And then they got this little West Georgia running back, Devontae Jackson, who's just like, his jump cuts are lethal. Yeah. Like, get him in the open field. He is lethal. Got a little jitterbug action going on? Yeah. Definitely quicker than fast. But, you know, last year, Scangarello and that Shanahan offense, mm-hmm. they had a lot of speedy running backs. I mean, they keep, they keep loading up on them out yeah, there, too. Yeah, so maybe. So this is this might be the beginning of them starting to bring a little bit of that here. Right, and then I guess the only uh, they added a fullback who I'm intrigued by, but I didn't love his blocking ability. Um, George Aston, who's you know blocked for some really good running backs at Pittsburgh, and then they added this uh, you know long press corner and Elijah Holder from Stanford, who had a really good three cone, which you want in a zone corner. Um, he's not going to turn and run with anyone. But in our scheme, who knows? He might surprise you. But really, it's all about the two Mountain West standouts and uh, the competition at, at the return position there between Jackson, Benson, and McKnight. I'm excited for those guys. They bring yeah. what we were kind of pounding the table for what our wide receiver yeah. room needs. Speed. Yeah. And they'll probably be more special teamers than actual wide receivers. But that's just fine. We need return. We need that return game to get... To get anywhere, because it's been it's been sorely lacking for a while now. Absolutely, yeah, it's definitely a need, and I like that they brought in competition for the position <coughs> and, and guys who fit a, a, a profile. Yeah, totally. I think yeah. they did a really good job of the, the class overall, and it's we'll say though, like seventeen undrafted free agents. 
It's a lot, especially for a class that has some, you know, I mean, like, it makes sense when the Bears or the Saints, who didn't have a first or second round pick, yeah. load up on undrafted free agents. Because those, those guys are looking at that situation and thinking, yeah, I'd have a shot at making their roster. On a team like the Broncos, who's really nailed the last two drafts, that's eh, a little yeah. more slim pickets for But, me. I mean, the small draft class this year. Yeah, that's so, true. So you know, not as many guys just being given jobs as, yeah. as there normally would be in the turnover. Right, fair point. All right, question? Let's do it. Let's do it indeed. Uh, from Chris O'Brien, says, Great work as always. This is easily the most informed I've ever been for any draft, and I owe it to PSN. Thank you, Chris. Our pleasure. Yeah. I have two questions for you guys today. Number one, based on free agency moves this year, what do you think we can expect um, the comp pick al- algorithm gods to give us for next year's draft? Anything? Yeah, it sounds like potentially two compensatory picks, though always a little murky when um, we're looking at sixth and seventh rounders, and that can always be, you know, you can get knocked back, and that could turn out to be just a, a seventh. But between losing Roby, Paradis, and Billy Turner, um, adding Juwan James, Kareem Jackson, and Bryce Callahan, uh, yeah, it, it looks like, you know, we also lost Shaq Barrett and uh, Max Garcia, um, that potentially uh, we're being projected to get six to a uh, one sixth and one seventh, which would be nice in addition to that future third rounder that we have coming from Pittsburgh. So that could be huge for a twenty twenty draft. That could set up really nicely for Denver. Thanks Pittsburgh. Thanks Pittsburgh. Enjoy the defensive rookie of the year award, Devin Bushkets. <laughs> <laughs> While you guys wallow at nine and seven land. And- the Ravens win the division. I don't know. That'll be a crazy division. Yeah, it's going to be fun yeah. to watch that that one play out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, second question was, since Elway didn't draft any top-level inside linebackers this year, I'm wondering what does the inside linebacker class look like next year? Look forward to 2020 and all the offensive talent. Ooh. Inside linebacker class. You and me both, brother. I can't wait for that. Uh, yeah, it's going to be so much fun to watch <coughs> Like, not like sit around and watch Ed Rushers every week next year. Yeah, it's... And it'd be like... Wide receiver year. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> running backs are great. These quarterbacks are super oh, intriguing. This, this quarterback class has been talked about for two years. There's some real offensive line talent, especially at tackle. Like, I'm tired of these, like, right tackles and guards. Give me some left tackles, baby. Um, so this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. Um inside linebackers, though, yes. Top two for me would be Dylan Moses at Alabama. Highly touted recruit could have played mm-hmm. running back or linebacker, which is Devin White style. Um, and like he flashes a lot on yeah. tape. He was way more physical than Mac Wilson, but at the same time, probably as competent sideline to sideline and in coverage. So exciting talent. Yeah. Um, another guy who's a late riser and converted safety, but it's Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. Can't go wrong with Clemson or Alabama. Um, oh, what's that? The two best programs for producing <laughs> yeah. top players again? Right. Um, especially that linebacker. Simmons, though, is a freak. I think I saw a video on Twitter of him jumping just an absurd vert jump. Um, That's awesome. Total freak athlete. Nate Landman, staying local. I love Nate Landman. You say what you will. Um, didn't say anything. I, um, I think the guy has more athleticism than... 
that people give him credit for and has been extremely productive. He needs to not get kicked out of games for targeting. Needs to be on needs to be on the field and doing his thing. No doubt. And we'll see how, you know, this uh this new coaching staff can really help with their defensive expertise. Because Lambent's potentially a star. Um and then there's a couple guys at Ohio State, Malik Harrison and uh Tough Borland. Uh, who are intriguing, though not elite talents. Shaquille Quarterman out of Miami. So it's really about the top two with an intriguing local guy, and then there's a drop off. And obviously, it's it's early. Yeah, uh, there will be there will be a lot of football have, right, played. Right, give me a second. That'll I'll have more names for out. you. Yeah, uh, but those are the guys super early on who I've got on my radar. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's but linebackers. Let's wait on linebackers. Let's go all in on wide receivers. Yeah, well, we're just going to talk about wide receivers for yeah. a year. Yeah. Next year, tis the year of wide receivers. And maybe the occasional like, running back just because we can. Yeah, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe you want uh, someone to compliment Phil a little more than Royce Freeman or Devontae Booker. And, yeah. I mean, once we figure out Royce Freeman's actually not very good. Yeah, we'll see. Big year for him. Big year for him. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm hoping he uh flashes a little that. Be interested to see form. him in the zone blocking for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's gonna test his his feet are there. It's gonna test his vision and stuff. Vision and patience for sure. Any final thoughts, Dre, on this week's show? Undrafted free agents, rookies of the year. No, this has been a blast and this might be the last dish we talk about the twenty nineteen draft. So uh Yeah, I would expect it is. If it is twenty nineteen it's been a ball. You will hold a special place in our hearts. So. That's the special 2019-related place in our hearts. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> All right, Dre, before we get out of here, I've got to tell you about Live Well Enlightened Health. is your go-to dispensary for the best deals on the highest quality cannabis products. Members of the Live Well's free rewards program have access to $30 pre-way half ounces and $60 pre-way ounces every day. Every day. Nice. Livewell has 16 locations across Colorado from the Four Corners all the way up to Fort Collins with six locations in the Denver area. Oh, yeah. Visit livewell.com slash BSN for all the most up-to-date sales and promotions. That's Livewell spelled L-I-V as in Victor, W-E-L-L dot com slash BSN. This has been the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast presented by Lixnall. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Yeah.